Hey, y'all. It's me, Jess Bubbico, and I am excited to be here with you on the Waking Up with Jess podcast. Each week, I'll invite you to wake up to your inner knowingness, get creative, and march to the beat of your own drum in your business and life. We'll dive into different subject areas from business to health to work, relationships, and beyond. On the podcast, we'll get raw, honest, and real, keeping it a little bit personal, a little bit educational, and most importantly, we're going to have a lot of fun. Each episode, you'll feel like you're sitting down at a coffee shop having an intimate conversation with a few of your best friends. Join me each week as I act as your confidant and friend who loves the heck out of you and wants to see you shine. Come along and wake up with a cup of Jess. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. I am very excited because I have Kate Crawford with me here today. She is a certified trauma-informed breathwork practitioner, spiritual mentor, and the founder and CEO of Core Breathwork. Throughout her 15-year-long career as a highly empathic physical therapist, she witnessed firsthand the undeniable connection between her clients stuck in pain and chronic illness and their unexpressed emotions. Her signature breath technique, informed by her own healing journey and medical background, profoundly shifted the relationship that her beautifully sensitive clients have with themselves. Clearing the held emotional trauma at the root of their discomfort and allowing them to move forward in a life of unapologetic alignment with who they are. Kate, thanks so much for being here. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I met Kate a couple of weeks ago, probably like a month mm-hmm. and a half ago at this point. Yep. Um, my friend Lydia she and her were going to a Costa Rican travel retreat. And um, I got to meet Kate at Lydia's house and she was telling me about her work. I started following her on Instagram and here we are now having this conversation. So Kate, I'm excited Thank you're you. here. Thank Do you, you. want to tell the good people a little bit about your work in your own words? Yeah. So, um, my breath work business that I started last year, um, really was the culmination of, um, my own healing journey that I've been doing over the last three years, um, and my experience in physical therapy. So I'm trained as a physical therapist. Um, I'm also extremely empathic. (laughs) I feel all the things of the people, um, around me. And before I was really in tune with my empathic nature and my own energy, um, I was literally a sponge for like all of my clients' pain and emotional distress. So as you can imagine, I was a mess (laughs) on an emotional level, on a physical level. Um, I was taking like multiple stress leaves from work. This is a beautiful thing about living in Canada is that we have like paid stress leave from work. Um, but I had, I had been on like four stress leaves from work. Um, and when I was pregnant with my kids and they're six and eight now, um, we get a year off from mat leave and I would get so much anxiety about going back to work. Um, and I had tried working in the public system. I had tried working in the private system. I had tried working in community. Like I really enjoyed my profession. I loved helping people, but I knew that it was like slowly killing me. (laughs) And I also just intuitively knew that 
so much of like what my clients were going through with really, um, I mean, a lot of everything that they were going to was like their emotional body was totally dictating like the physical body. Um, and under the scope of practice of physical therapy in Canada, there's not really a lot of room for like the emotional or the energetic body. Um, so I had been on yet like another stress leave from work. Um, this time it had to do with like cross-border restrictions. This was like early on in the pandemic. Um, and I just decided that I wasn't going to go back. Uh, and I had just recently been introduced to breath work. Um, so I had just recently been introduced to the conscious connected um, circular breath work pattern, uh, which is really, I, I've made that kind of my own unique um, um, breath work facilitation uh, to really help other kind of like empathic and highly sensitive individuals um, really target and tune into like the heaviness that they feel in the body, the pain that they feel in the body. Um, and just start to understand like what the body is communicating to them. I love everything you just said. And I want to dissect pretty much everything because, um, I think, you know, I, I don't, I think I probably told you this, but I started out as a speech therapist and mm -hmm. felt like there was a lot that we couldn't really get to. I loved what I did. I loved my patients, but there was a lot that I felt we couldn't really target that went beyond just simply the challenges of speech therapy, um, you know, and maybe not being able to pronounce words or whatever it may have been. But the reason I say that is because I think so many people go into therapeutic modalities, such as like traditional ones, like physical therapy, speech, occupational therapy, things of that nature, because they are empathic, because they care about people, because they want to help people heal. Um, and then you you don't understand the mechanism of like taking on too much for your clients or really wanting to help. And then, you know, taking on that emotional burden or whatever it may be. So yeah. I'm curious how you started to put the link together between people not feeling their emotions. Cause I remember working with a pelvic bowl or pelvic physical yeah. therapist. And I remember her telling me, oh yeah, these are typically the emotional challenges people have when they come in with pelvic issues. So I'm curious, like, how did you start putting that together? The emotional challenges and the, and the physical challenges. Um, so for me, and I'll just bring it back to like my own body and how I've kind of worked through it. Um, and it's interesting because it was when I, was I was getting trained to do pelvic floor physical therapy. So um, it was a training that I was in for uh, treating urinary incontinence, female urinary incontinence. And part of that exam was I would do like an internal pelvic exam on like the client was just like another physio. Sorry, when I say physio, I mean PT. It's the physical physical therapist. therapist yeah. Yeah. Um, and and then we had to switch partners and then I would have the internal pelvic exam done on me. And I was like, so nervous for this exam. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD after the birth of my daughter. I had this crazy traumatic birth with my daughter that I, it was just like, it's okay. Like you moving on, like, it's totally fine. 
Um, all of this trauma resurfaced during this pelvic exam um, from the, the birth. So like all of this emotional trauma that I was like holding onto um, in my pelvic floor, essentially in my pelvic bowl. Uh, and like, it was so crazy. Just like the, when we, we went to do, when she went to do like the internal exam on me, like she couldn't even put my finger, put her fingers like in my vagina. Like seriously, my whole body was just like, no, like nothing is coming in here. This is not okay. Even on like a professional level, right? Like I'm here to learn and everything is good, but my body was just literally like, this is a hard no, like this is not happening. Um, like nothing felt safe. Um, and after that training, I was really sad. Like I was really sad about how disconnected I had become from my own body. Um, and it, it really kind of like started this deep dive into like the metaphysical aspects of like what the body is communicating. Um, and once I started looking at it for myself, I was like looking at all the clients I had ever worked with, or like, let's look at all the women who have come to me after a total knee replacement because they've spent the last three years, like looking after their sick husbands. Like I started to notice like all of these patterns of pain in the body, um, on this kind of like metaphysical and emotional level. And once I started diving into that, I was just like, this is everything like this just makes so much more sense to me. Um, and it's such a beautiful way to connect the mind body, right? Like people love words, people love a diagnosis, people love to like understand. It's like, you almost have to like intellectualize it a little bit before you can like drop down into the body. That was the case for me anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's it's really been my own experience with my own like super sensitive body um, that has just allowed me to very gently like move down into it and become like a really safe space for for me, which I mean, I spent 35 years in very like high fight or flight, like chronic sympathetic nervous system reaction to like everything. Yeah. Yeah when you were talking, I was thinking about the fact that like, it's interesting because we're interacting with our body every day, right? Mm -hmm. Like every time you sit down you go to the bathroom, right? You're, you're interacting with those body parts, but yeah. it's not until there's this perhaps situation set up where you had to like get very intimate and like become vulnerable that sometimes we don't even know what's there until we actually really take the time to slow down mm -hmm. and understand what those things are. So, um, I'm curious, I, I would love to, one of the things I think that you're really good at doing personally speaking, just from like looking at your Instagram and the posts that you have is being able to take complex information and make it simple. Like you, I think you bring a really nice perspective to pain that's different than what I've kind of even learned about for myself, even certain books, like you know, Louise, Hey, you can heal your life. Mm -hmm. And these connections to, um, you know, what knee pain might be or hip pain or whatever it may be. You, you bring up what, I, what I've experienced through your work is that you bring a little bit of a different perspective to pain in the body and mm -hmm. what it might mean. You posted one yesterday on, um, 
headaches and migraines, which I was like, that's really fascinating. So I'm curious if you'd be open to share with us, like some of the things that you see as really common problems, challenges in the body, um, that maybe if, you know, somebody who's listening has certain challenges might be nice sort of touch points to just stimulate the mind to go, huh, does that resonate for me? Or, you know, what could that mean for me? So absolutely. Um, the first thing I want to say, and, and it is something that I've been kind of tuning into fairly regularly. And it's how I kind of like talk to my clients now is that your physical body, what, however it is communicating to you. Um, and that is often in the form of pain or heaviness, because that's what we listen to, right? It's really only ever trying to point you in a direction of love and support, right? So I think if we can just shift our perspective on some of these like, quote unquote, like bad feelings um, to ones of like, like, it's really just about developing this relationship with yourself so that you're, you're having like this really open and vulnerable communication with you, you know, and about what is going on. Um, so like, if we look at some of like the common diagnoses in the body, and this is just like a pretty general thing. I love tapping into this specifically for like the individual, um, but I'm just, I'm working on a post right now about like lower back pain. Mm. That's just like super common. Um, and just about how, like, if we look at our spine, right in our body, if we did not have the segments of vertebrae in our body, like it's our support, it's our stability. We would just be like a pile of bones on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's there for support. It's there for stability. It, it houses like the network of our spinal cord and all of our nerves. Um, it is this beautiful kind of like network and pathway for like our executive functioning and what we need and like the craziness that can be the brain and then like how everything else works in the body. So when we're looking at lower back pain and specifically, these are kind of like the bigger segments of the, of the vertebrae. So the lumbar spine, you know, we're really looking at support. Okay. So like, how are you supporting yourself, um, and asking for what you need? I was kind of like tuning into how people injure their back. Cause like I saw back pain all the time and it was usually like, it would come out of nowhere. If pain comes out of nowhere, it, there's obviously an emotional component to it. Like yeah, all the time, hands down, you know, don't even go waste your money on like, you know, traditional rehab, just kind of like tune into like how you're feeling. Um, or people are injuring their back doing an activity that they don't really want to be doing anyway. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I threw my back out shoveling snow or like cleaning my yard. And this is like very superficial, right? But people can understand that. Yeah. And, and what it all kind of boils down to is there's a boundary that needs to be set somewhere in asking for what you need and how you need to support yourself. Yeah. All the time. Like and I use this now for my own body. Cause like I, I get pain. It's not like I don't get pain. Like I get headaches, they come in. I just, I look at it from this emotional perspective first. Right. And I have really nourished and cultivated this relationship with myself where I'm just like, Oh, Hey, like, what's that about? You know what I mean? And I'm really honestly curious about what my body's telling me. Um, but back pain, low back pain, hands down all the time. Is just about a boundary that needs to be set in supporting you and like what you need. 
Yeah. The, the immediately when you said that, I don't know why, you know, you hear, I've heard, I don't know if this happens to you, but like, I'll hear something and then I'll hear it another way. And then I'll hear it another way. Yeah. And suddenly I'm like, oh yeah, that, that like makes sense. And it's, it's interesting because I've heard often with low back pain, that sort of like, I don't feel supported, but mm-hmm. I actually love the idea of like what you just said is going back to what happened. Like, oh, you were shoveling snow and you threw your back out, but you didn't actually want to be shoveling snow. Like what emotion could be there. And this idea of being able to approach pain with curiosity to understand what could be happening on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes for me in my own experience, like when, when I've had pain, cause I've had some issues with my right leg, which hashtag right leg moving forward. I know in life and like all that stuff, but it's interesting, um, to think like it could be something simple to move because sometimes pain can feel for me intense, or it can feel, um, it can feel intense. So it feels like it needs an intense answer, which is why I think sometimes going to like surgery or the doctor who's going to like hack your leg off or whatever, you know, feels like it meets the intensity of what the pain might be with an intense answer. But it feels like from what you're saying, being able to have curiosity and soften into it and get curious about how is this trying to lead me towards love and support versus how is this trying to debilitate and take me out yeah. and really create a completely different container for healing. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when it gets to that point where the pain becomes more intense um, and, and there's some fear around the pain, oftentimes like it has been there for a bit, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it has been kicking around for a while. And, you know, we can really come back to the medical model there. And we look at healing times and we look at like what acute pain is like and what chronic pain is like. Oftentimes, once it gets to like this chronic place, like I always say, like chronic anything is just like chaos, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like chronic chaos, you know, like the body's just like, um, it's, it's all worked up, you know? And so it's going to take even more time and awareness and care and love to just listen. And and that is where people oftentimes will need support around that because it's not easy to do, especially when the entire medical model encourages you to look outside of yourself Mm -hmm. for care. Yeah. Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question, but I want to I want to hear if you're open to sharing a couple more, like I know knee pain is a big one, migraines, if you want to share any more that are kind of like the big hitters. Yeah. Um, I suffered with headaches for my entire life. Like I was just in a haze of a migraine, um, from the time I hit puberty until I was about, until my son was born. So like 36, so like 36 years, um, And I have a whole tutorial on this where I just like geek out about headaches and jaw pain and it goes into like the physical body and it connects it with the pelvic floor, but I'll just do like a quick and dirty for you right now because it is fascinating to me. Um, So in my own experience, the headaches for me were very much around like indecisiveness. So I had to wear a bite plane for years. I had crazy grinding of my teeth. Um, 
like it would, it still subluxes. It's, it's really kind of wonky, but I would wake up and I would have like these terrible headaches, which was diagnosed as like TMJ. I had referred pain into my head. Um, I also had like really tight neck muscles, which were kind of like referring pain. Um, and so like, it was thought that the combination of those two things is what was kind of like contributing to like this constant, constant headache all the time. Um, but I don't have them anymore <laughs> mm-hmm. because what I was really able to tap into was this. So, so I come back to the emotions, like what was the emotion that I was also in all the time was anxiety. Um, and it was like this indecisiveness, like my whole life was just a series of like, I just, it's so hard to make a decision. I can't make a decision. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. Um, I don't want to feel responsible for anything, right? Like my baseline was, I did feel responsible for everything, but so for me, it was this energy of indecisiveness, um, which when I really tuned into it and I sat with it and I did all these lovely somatic practices that I've learned and I breathe and I did all the things, um, that indecisiveness was really around, like, I was always like invalidating myself mm-hmm. um, because I didn't trust myself. Like I didn't trust my body. And on a very superficial level, the emotion at the jaw is like anger and it's resentment. And it's just like always feeling attacked. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I did, I was up here. I was spinning around all the time. I always felt like I had to defend my empathic nature. I always felt like I I was not making the right decision. That was totally being reflected to me in my external world, obviously, because we know how energy works, you know? Um, And so it was just this constant feeling of like the muscles like were contracted and they were constricted and there was anger and there was frustration. And like, that was my baseline, anger, anxiety, constriction, contraction. And like my whole body was that way. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like if you've had a diagnosis of like a tension headache or you have a TMJ issue, or um, oftentimes it, it will be like suboccipital, like it's referred from the suboccipital muscles, um, which is, it's the tiny muscles that connect like the lower part of the skull to the top of the neck. Okay. So when those are tight, you're going to feel that pain, like right in behind your eye. Um, or it's going to radiate to the front of your head. If the trigger point in those muscles is irritated, you're going to have like that whole head, like hazy feeling. Right. But the underlying mechanics are the same. The muscles are tight. The muscles can't let go. The muscles can't relax. And it always, 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 always adds up to how you're feeling on an emotional level. I'm anxious. I can't let go. I'm tight. I just, I don't trust that if I don't control everything, that it's not going to work out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is so common for empaths and highly sensitive individuals because we're not only feeling that for ourselves, but we're feeling that for everybody, right? Like we can feel everybody's stuff. So yeah, um, headache, I could do like, I could talk about headaches forever. I won't. But- I, I am like, I hope, what I think is really neat is that you are, really able to bring in, um, traditional background, like traditional understanding of the body paired with this more, it's like, you know, mental, emotional, spiritual understanding Mm -hmm. of how the whole mechanism works, which I think is really 
amazing and very cool because, um, you know, you're not just hitting it from one perspective because none of us are just our emotions or just a bag of bones or whatever. We are all of it and it all feeds into each other, you know? So I think that's really amazing. And, you know, people should go check out your headache class. Um, (laughs) and I know you had one on knee pain too. I won't, we won't dive into it, but you can go check it out on her Instagram and her website, which will be posted below. Um, so I'd love to touch a little bit on, you have referred a few times about empaths and how Mm -hmm. empaths take on the emotions of other people. So, and I just want to say one other thing for anybody who doesn't know, you had said referred pain a few times. And so referred pain is basically like the problem isn't actually where the pain is. Yeah. So the muscle is somewhere else and it's the problem on a mechanical level, but then the body feels it somewhere else. So like if you have shoulder pain, usually the issue is like in the muscles up here, um, like at the shoulder, but you'll feel it like somewhere in between your elbow and your shoulder. That's like a common referral pattern for the shoulder. The body is so insane to me and so cool. And I feel like we know, like, why didn't anyone teach us this? Also, I don't feel like we would have time to like go to school and get traditionally trained to like work and do the things that we do as human beings, like going to school, if we spent time focusing on these things. Cause I know for myself, I'm like, oh my God, I need to now like sit down and learn about this. Like what I said, there's this other woman who was talking today about if you have, I think she was saying, if you have low back pain, there's like a muscle in your foot or something. I'm like, this is insane to me. How does this, this is crazy. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about empaths. Cause I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast probably identify with being highly sensitive people. So I'd love mm-hmm. to hear your take on, um, highly sensitive people holding on to emotions for other people and, and how to start working with that. Yeah. Um, and this has been like how I have developed my own love language in the relationship with myself over the last two years, um, is really understanding my own empathic nature and understanding like my own flavor of energy, you know, cause I think as, um, empaths as kind of like emotionally open individuals, more than likely that beautiful awareness has been made hella wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) for most of your life, you know? So it's tricky to then work to come back home to yourself because you've made yourself wrong for like such a long time, right? And it's about reprogramming and it's about like repetitive reprogramming, right? Like this is very evidence-based, like I call it like my evidence-based energy work. It's like the Kate Crawford evidence-based like energy work routine. Um, But when you are an empath, um, you need to start any of this work with the understanding that the baseline that you feel, like if you do not have an impeccable energetic and emotionally like routine, like boundary routine, if you aren't regularly doing that, your baseline isn't truly how you feel, Mm. right? Like if you're trying to come back home to yourself and you're not really sure like what that feels like because you're feeling all of the things of all of the people around you, um, that's really where you need to start 
right? So um, it is really about developing your own energetic routine that works for you. Um, and there's a ton of different way to do energy work. What I love about energy work is that you can make it your own. You know what I mean? Like energy work for me, it's like, I'm just putting like little spells on me, like all day long. You know what I mean? Like my words mean a lot to me. My words mean a lot to my body. Um, I'm a very visual person. Like when I'm doing energy work on other people, like I see the energy, I feel the energy. Like it's just such a beautiful, like I'm even doing it right now. Like I just, it's such a beautiful movement for me. Um, and once you like tap into what your own energy feels like, which I guarantee to you, if you are listening right now and you are a moderate empath, like a fully blown empath, and you're not doing a regular energy routine, um, and it's more than just exercise, it's more than just um, like getting Reiki sessions done like once a month, which are all beautiful things to do. But what I'm talking about is like a solid routine that you are coming back to multiple times a day to clear the energy of people um, that you've come into contact with over your day and starting your day in, in your own energy, right? So you're coming back to yourself every morning. I do this every morning, every night before I go to bed. Um, and like my dream is living in the woods <laughs> off grid with no one around, but mm -hmm. I also love people and I want to, you know what I mean? So it's been this dance of like, okay, how do I protect myself? And also I'm still like the outgoing, like loving person that I, that I am also, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, that is like the most important thing for an empath, for a highly sensitive person. If they are kind of like getting the pull to do this deep dive into like who they are and how they actually feel, um, that is the starting point Yeah, in my opinion. And I'm going to bet through your work, you teach people how to do that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's yeah. a huge part of kind of where we start. Um, and so far, a lot of the clients that I've had, they're like, they're not, they, they weren't really ever kind of like, sh they didn't know how empathic they were. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great place to start. Yeah. And it's non-negotiable for me and feeling normal. Like I have worked so hard over my entire life just to feel like, okay, for like a couple of minutes during the day, you know what I mean? Like yeah. doing this work and making it my own has like completely changed my life and like how I feel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. It's, it's interesting. I just moved to the beach. So I like behind the screen is the ocean. And I live pretty high up so I can like look out. And it's really interesting because I, I love people. I love peopling. I love being out. I love connecting with people. Um, but I, I have learned recently when I'm, I'll get like irritated. And especially if I'm like really close to my like menstrual cycle, all that mm -hmm. stuff, like I, if I go outside to the beach and I just sit with the ocean, I put my feet on the ground, I like feel my energy clearing yeah. and I'm like, this is amazing. And I, you know, if I'm visiting friends somewhere, I can't just be like, hold on a second, got to go to the beach, especially right. if I'm in like, you know, Denver. So yeah. I think being able to 
have those moments of understanding, like you're saying, that energetic practice, that clearing, that moving of energy is really important. Um, I'm curious for you, what made you choose breath work as a modality to help people shift their emotions or, or how do you see breath work? What, what is the role that breath work plays in, in your work? Yeah. So, um, the universe was very much guiding me to breath work for a very long time before I was just like, I think I'm going to check out what breath work is. You know what I mean? Um, but the way I love it for myself, um, and I'm going to get, I'm going to geek out on the mechanics of like the respiratory diaphragm here for a minute, but, um, we're going to need a definition on what a respiratory diaphragm yeah. is. Okay. I mean, so, I think I know, but just yeah. so we all are on the same page. <laughs> so your respiratory diaphragm is your main muscle of inspiration, right? So when you take a nice deep breath, the muscle is shaped like a dome. When you take a nice deep breath, it flattens out to invite air into the lungs. And as you exhale, the, the, the exhale is very passive. It's like a passive recoiling of the muscle. It comes back up into that dome shape and the air exits your lungs. And that's like the main mechanic of breathing. It's easy. Mm -hmm. But this muscle is under voluntary and involuntary control. So it's obviously like working while we sleep, right? It connects us to so many other systems in the body. So it has a direct connection to our nervous system because breathing brings our nervous system back online. Um, The muscle acts as a bed for your heart. Like, and I, I love know. that. And it's called the inspiration. <laughs> it's all about yeah. inspiration in the heart. I love it. Yeah. Right. Um, Obviously inspiration meaning breathing, but I think it's yeah. really cute that it also has a second meaning. So I love I that. Know. Mm-hmm. I do. I love it. Also. I love, I love this muscle. It's like my favorite muscle. Um, and on an emotional level, right? Like it, it is in the midpoint of our body. So it's like, it's, it it literally is this lid that is kept on like our emotional experience. Right. So when I first started breath work, it was really easy for me to trust this part of my body. Like I didn't really trust myself a whole lot, but I look at this muscle and I'm like, okay, you're going to work for me, whether I need you to or not. Like, I don't have to think about it. You know what I mean? This muscle is so supportive of like everything else that goes on in the body, like I I can trust it. And I felt that, like, I felt like it was a modality that I could trust. Um, Cause I am very sensitive. Like I don't do well with acupuncture. Like I get energy work done and I'm out for like a week. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like it's, I have a very sensitive body, but, but breath work was this modality that I had complete control over. Right. And I very quickly would get these really lovely awarenesses when I connected with the active breath. Um, and it, it just very effectively um, helped to just foster this feeling of safety within my own body. And I had never been able to connect with myself on that level ever before. And I have been on a journey to try to feel better in my body. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a key. That's the key for an empath, right? Cause we feel thousands of different things outside of us all the time. And most of us are trying to please everybody. And there's all this stuff going on. Um, and then when you connect with your breath, it's just like, whoosh 
You're just yeah. like, boom, you're in your body. And, and it is, it's a place that you can trust. I love that. And, um, I was just looking at your human design in the background. Do you mind if I share something no, about, please, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's neat too, because I think everyone is empathic in different ways and in mm -hmm. different. I completely um, agree. Yeah. Cause I, I don't feel overwhelmed by the emotions of other people. Like I can sit next to somebody who's really sad and not feel it in my body. However, I think for me, sometimes I just get overwhelmed by like life force energy and mm -hmm. there just being a lot of energy around me or whatever. Like I just, it's sometimes it's like, I just took in too much people energy today. Um, but I don't feel like I hold on to people's emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes I think there, there can be for me, like sometimes people pleasing where I'm like, I want you to not feel bad, or I don't want to hurt your feeling. I don't want, it's more so like a fear of reactivity. I think at times from people has been, uh, where I've had to do a lot of work, but just like looking at your human design chart, just so everybody knows you're four or six, um, generator, pure generator. So it's really interesting because I, a lot of people who listen to the podcast, like human design, but you have what's called an open G center, which is, uh, very sensitive to other people and who they are and how they're being, how they're acting, how they feel about themselves. If they like truly have a sense of self-love and connection to who they are, or if there's insecurities, the open will center, which can be very connected to people's own self sense of self-worth and whether they feel worthy or not, or if they're trying too hard, things like that. And then you've got the open emotional solar plexus, which tends to like feel people's emotions as mm -hmm. well. So it's kind of cool to be able to look at different people's charts and where they're sort of sensitive and how they feel and process the energy of the world differently, because where you might be somebody who you're like, oh my gosh, I really feel people's emotions. And that actually fosters and supports you in your work. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have that open center. You don't have to, but it's helpful to have that open center when you're working with people on emotional awareness. You know, it's helpful to have that open G center to be able to feel and, and the uh, will center to be able to feel how people feel about themselves, how their confidence is, because you get to use these like superpower sensors in your life. It's just that sort of like you, as you said, how do I regulate that through being able to create boundaries through being able to clear my energy um, is really important. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You just yeah. like spoke to my entire being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I had a reading done, my friend Maureen did it for me about a year ago. And I just like cried the entire time because it's yeah. just like, it speaks to your soul and like who you are, you know, totally. Um, and when you spend so much time working at what that feels like, you know, it's, it's really nice to have words to describe it. Yeah, totally. And it, it's interesting too, because like when I look at your chart from the perspective of, um, I really like the gene keys. It can help us to understand like the work we're here to do in our lives. Um, you know, like out in the world, like you're here to partner with your clients to help them find where the disruption is in their own, 
um, system, like literally the role you play with your clients is where is the disruption in my system that's mm-hmm. creating, um, that's moving me out of equilibrium. So like you're here to partner deeply with your clients or whomever to actually help them come back into equilibrium in their body. And it's interesting too, because your vocations, like what you're here to do, it's all about illumination and helping mm-hmm. people go from being confused into illuminating what's actually going on on a deeper level and being able to serve as like a guide for them. So it's really kind of cool when you start to look at these, which ultimately like your life's work is all about leading to rebirth, like helping people to literally rebirth themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's just kind of cool when you start to put all of it the is. pieces it's together so cool. and go like, I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, so it's just like the truth. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, okay. I know I've kept you here for like almost an hour at this point. So I'm curious if there's any last words that you want to leave with our people, anything that, um, we maybe like a little practice that people can do to start discovering what their pain might be saying to them, uh, anything like that. Any last words you want to leave? Yeah. My biggest, um, I think my biggest takeaway um, when I'm working with people, when I'm just kind of starting out with people is that regardless of how you feel, right? Like who you are is already safe. Like who you are is already like a safe space and it's already okay. You know what I mean? So any way in which you can just tap into that okayness and start talking to your body from that place it's like a gold mine. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not easy. I've had to have like years of support around this from like many different, many different systems and many different ways and many different people, but, um, just start tapping into what feels easy. There's always a way forward that feels easy. And there's always a way forward that just feels heavy and it's not wrong. Like either direction is okay. But once you start moving into the easy direction, you're, you're going to start being able to like communicate with yourself on this whole other level. Um, And what I always tell people is just start having a conversation with your body, give it a name, like give your body a different name, like whatever you need to do to make it work. Like you can make it fun, but just start asking, like, what is this about? You know? And um it just, it, it, yeah, you just, you start to develop this really nice relationship with yourself. Um, and yeah, you're just never, you're not wrong. Like your body is never wrong. Yeah. 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 It's just, is it, are we allowing ourselves to listen to what it has to say and actually really, and truly like go into, go into it versus, cause I, again, for myself, I know at times I've been like, uh, sometimes I'm very good at listening to my body. And then other times I'm like, I don't know what this is. Let me go read a book or figure it out or whatever, yeah. versus just being like, huh, that's curious. Like, what, yeah. what could this be? So, and I think working with somebody is massively important. Yeah. Um, especially if we have thought patterns that protect us, like those protective parts of ourselves that come up and go like, oh, it's probably this, or don't listen to mm-hmm. that, or go do the, just go do the workout or whatever the thing yeah. is having somebody like yourself who can slow us down, guide us and help us to move past those parts of ourselves that are kind of like self-engineered by the ego or whatever, the mind to protect us, being able to have a safe space to 
you know, let yeah. those things down, let our guards down is important. So, yeah. And you hit the nail on the head. It is about slowing down. Mm. It's just about getting out of the urgency and getting out of like the craziness and just allowing yourself to like, just drop in and listen. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell everyone where I'm going to put all your info in the show notes, yeah, but do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah. So, um, my business name is Corey breathwork. So I am on Instagram K O R E underscore breathwork. Um, and then I am also on Facebook just under my name, Kate Crawford. Um, my website is under construction right now, but it's beautiful and it's still live, but I'm just like switching up a bunch of stuff. Um, and that is Corey breathwork.com. And yeah, you have a program coming up trust. I do. It's called trust. Um, it is a six week deep dive into this developing an energetic routine for yourself. Um, and I, I, I did this, I, I made this program because I spent so much time with my clients kind of like working on this energy routine. Um, so yeah, it's really about understanding like the flavor of your anxiety, understanding the energy of your anxiety as a more empathic and highly sensitive individual and really turning it into just this beautiful worthiness and in, in being yourself. Um, yeah, it's, I'm really, I'm so excited about it. Um, I think I sent you the link, the sales page is up and yeah. Uh, we will have that up. So if anybody's interested, you can go ahead and take a look. Thank you, Kate, so much for being here. Thank you. Again, all your info will be in the show notes. And if you are listening, definitely also go check out her Instagram because she's got some really amazing content on there. That's super helpful. So, all right, everybody, we'll see you back here on the next episode of the podcast. Make it a great day. Hey, hey, thanks so much for being here and listening to this episode of the Waking Up With Jess podcast. If you liked today's episode, I'm gonna ask you to do one of three things. Number one, leave a rating. Number two, leave a review. And number three, if you think it could help a friend out in need, go ahead and send it to them. I greatly appreciate your support when you rate the podcast or leave a review. It helps other awesome and amazing listeners such as yourself find the podcast. And I love people and I love friends and I love people's friends. So being able to spread the love through your network is another really great way to support people and to support the show. All right, y'all make it a great day. And I will see you back here on the next episode of the waking up with Jess podcast.